Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you to on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive and to express what we really are. And that's a quote by Don Miguel Ruiz, who is the author of the little book, The Four Agreements. And I did an episode um, maybe a month ago that was the first agreement. And it was so rich, I realized I needed to break this up into two. So today's episode is a solo one where I'm going to share some thoughts about how this powerful teaching, it's a Toltec teaching, so it's pretty ancient, can make our lives better and also how we can apply it in business. As I was taking more notes, I realized I could do uh, four episodes because each one is so rich. I'm hoping that this will inspire you to read the book or reread the book because I could probably read it weekly and get something new out of it. That being said, welcome, welcome, welcome again to quote Jimmy Fallon (laughs) to the profitable photographer. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon in San Diego and It's also Father's Day, and so I'm thinking about my papa, who I think I have a lot in common with him in terms of how I approach my business. And the core of it is that I do it for love, and the money is important so that I can keep doing what I love. I love photography, I love coaching, and I love doing this podcast. Um, I don't know if you saw on my Facebook group, The Profitable Photographer, or the page. But this show is in the top 3% of podcasts worldwide in terms of audience. It's been 74 countries now. So I just want to thank you all for listening, for sharing, and um, then I'll get on with the show. All right. So agreement number two. So just to summarize, agreement number one is to be impeccable with our word. And this is not primarily focused on be honest, although that's super important. It focused on creating a vision, speaking into being what we want, and following up with our word, do what we say, say what we do, and gossip came into play and lots of other things. So if you missed that episode, go back about four weeks or so, and you will find it. So the other three are number two, don't take anything personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. And number two, always do your best. And that one I found interesting again, because always do your best. And the sub heading of that is, and your best will change from day to day, something like that. Okay. So let's get into number two. Don't take anything personally. So Don Miguel says, if we take something personally, it is because we in some way agree with what is said. 
And then a poison goes through us and we're trapped in what we call personal importance, making everything about us. And what he wants us to realize is that nothing other people do is because of us. It's because of themselves. It's a response based on their life, their thinking. Um, for example, if someone says you're too expensive, well, is that true? Relative to what? Many of our clients do not think we're too expensive. Many people might, but that decision is based on their life, their finances, their priorities. Something I think I've mentioned before, but there are four types of people related to our business. People that have the money for fine photography or whatever it is you offer and love it and value it. Number two, people who don't have the money and really love and value and would enjoy our work, whatever it is we do for them. People that have plenty of money to buy what we offer, but don't want it. Like for me, you could offer me season tickets to any sports event and I wouldn't buy it unless it's like ballet, which I think is a sports fit, but <laughs> uh, so I have the money, but I don't value it. And number four is people that don't value and can't afford it anyway. So if someone says no to us and we take it personally, well, of course, we're looking for people that value what we do and have the money to pay for it. But that leaves a lot of people on this planet that are not our ideal clients. And that honestly, we wouldn't want to work with them anyway, because uh, either they don't value what we do, or personally, I can't afford to work for people on a regular basis that can't afford to pay me what I need in order to reach my goals, make a living, have savings, enjoy life, etc. All right. So even if somebody says something directly, then it would be easy to take that personally. It's still their opinion and not what is true. And of course, when I listen to this, I always go with the don't take criticism personally would be sort of my summary, but he says anything. So that even means positive things people say about us because it's their experience because they happen to like people who are like us or do what we do. Our personal bias in life affects how we interpret everything. So think about how remembering this agreement might help us in our business. Number one is it can help us retain a sense of confidence. We're not vulnerable if people don't want to hire us because it's not about us. It's about their budget, their preferences, or something entirely unknowable that may be happening in their life. If we don't base our business practices or feelings of being good enough on others, that gives us that confident ground. As we use our positive words to ourselves in our head, that positivity can be a magnet for ideal clients. And interestingly, it also can repel people who honestly are not going to be that great to work with. So knowing who we are and 
being comfortable and confident, taking a stand for that, regardless of positive and not so positive reactions, is a it's a really big plus in our business. I do my best, honestly, to be happy when someone doesn't book me and grateful. Why do you think that is? Well, life is short, so is time. And so if someone says no or no, thank you, or oh, heck no, <laughs> all of the above, then I'm grateful because it leaves room for the ideal clients of people that I want to work with. And when they do want to work with me, then I'm super happy. But also I know it's not about me being good enough, but something in them that is a nice match for me. Now I mentioned a minute ago about those positive words to ourselves and how uh, that can attract our ideal clients. And that kind of goes back to being impeccable with our words is positive affirmations can be an attractive, like a magnet to what we're wanting in our lives and who we're wanting in our lives. And as I mentioned last time, my favorite positive affirmation that has had a lot of impact is money comes to me easily and with love. And that always seems to even out some of that worry sometimes and, and help me be more confident. So, so number two in relation to not taking things personally has to do with clients and their cooperation during the session, during a sales session. When I can assume that if I'm not getting what it is that feels like what I need or want. If I assume something's going on with them, it gives me more power. It keeps me from having that internal chatter of I'm not doing this right. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm a loser, <laughs> something like that. Um, and then I can use my people skills and you can use your people skills to see if you can empathize, shift their energy and create the environment or experience that can get the outcome we want. One of the examples that I use a lot is with, um, usually it's junior high aged kids in a family group. A lot of times they don't want to be there. They don't want to wear what their mother made them wear. You know, they're pulling away from their family and they're getting more into um, uh, identity from their peers. And many times when I've seen it happening with someone where they're being what we'd label difficult and resistant, I might go like pull them aside, not from a big group, but, you know, after I do a pose, maybe pull them aside, sit with them and acknowledge that this probably isn't fun. They probably don't like what they're wearing and that I'm really grateful that they showed up. And then I can say, and you know, the, the, the more you cooperate with my guidance, the quicker this will be over. <laughs> so that's just one example of when I don't take it personally, but try to empathize and get connected with what might be up for them, it can shift everything. Now, that being said, I have a little side tip. I don't know how it fits in with, with all of this, <laughs> but when I'm coaching my parents before a session, 
I talk about um, bringing things that are comfortable, having a um, a relaxed day the day before and the day, so not arrive tired and stressed, bringing snacks, lots of different things. And I also mentioned that it is stressful getting this all together and kids pick up on that and they're often pretty bratty on picture day and that be expected, although luckily it's not every kid, <laughs> but the more patient they are and the less they like yell at them on the way because they're being bratty, the better, you know, having, taking a deep breath. Uh, so I think that kind of fits in with not taking things personally by helping the parents understand that this is really common and that maybe they calm down. And I'm sure if you've been photographing kids or other humans and probably even pets, <laughs> that you realize that when people are not happy, it's pretty hard to get great expressions. So I do everything I can to coach people on normal challenges that happen and how to prepare. I don't know if that relates to this, but I just thought I'd share that. All right, number three, agreement. Don't make assumptions. We have a tendency to make assumptions about everything Don Miguel says. And then we believe they are truth. They seem so real. Don Miguel says all sadness and drama is rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. So number two and number three go hand in hand. <laughs> and I'm going to say, that's really easy to say, don't make assumptions. And I find it pretty hard to do because we're coming from our own kind of life bias. So I have a habit that I don't remember every time, but I try to, and that I teach my coaching clients relates to um, handling objections. And the first thing I do, instead of making an assumption of why someone had this particular objection or resistance is that I ask questions. I check in before assuming I know why someone asked that. So I'll give you a couple of examples. If somebody says, do you offer digitals? Now, personally, if you've been listening to this, I don't. There has been an occasion where I've made an agreement with a client based on our relationship, their needs. Uh, I don't do a lot of high school seniors, but if I did, I would need to work something in for digital. So ordinarily, if I didn't ask why, I might think that they're trying to save money or they just they, they want to just send it out to friends. But if I do that and I respond to that, it may not be addressing what they're really asking. So for example, if they say, do you sell digitals or does this include digital? Then I ask, why are you asking me this question? If they say, well, we want to print on our own, and save money. And my response to that is, if I were to sell you the digital files, 
it's in no way the most economical way to work with me. When we work together and you pick out just what you love and what sizes are perfect for those, that is actually more budgetable for people than if I were to sell you all of them, what I would need to charge for that. I try not to get into too much explanation on that, but um, anyway, so that's my answer for that. If they say, well, I want to share it on social media. So my answer to that is anything that you purchase, once I've delivered your photographs, I will happily post the photos on Facebook with my logo, and then I'll tag you so your friends and family can see that. And that often satisfies that need for people. And the third is about archival, that they want to save it uh, so they have it forever. And my answer to that is, well, first of all, I keep everything that you order safe and sound. I have multiple hard drives, and I also put it in a cloud format. So you can come back to me years from now, and I'll have it. However, there is a potential way that we could uh, come up with photos that where you get the files at the end after everything that you've ordered. And I'm, you may think, Lucy, I'm listening to you, but I'm not really getting your plan. It's because I'm not super clear on how I would do that for archival purposes. Um, you know, I'm still working on that. But so basically in knowing what their reasons are, I have power. I haven't assumed I know. Another one that comes up a lot during the sales session, after I've shown them the slideshow, put to music, all yummy and emotional and beautiful, <clears throat> they ask if they can order more later. Again, I need to ask why, because they might just be feeling a little overwhelmed and it's a way of putting off decisions. They may be worried about their budget uh, or there might be something else that I haven't thought of. So if it's about overwhelm, I say, don't worry. I have this step-by-step -step process, which by the way, that's something that I teach when I'm coaching. I also have an online course called the Profitable Photographer Sales Academy that has my step-by-step -step system for how I do my sales. I don't tell that to them, I'm telling you. Uh, just a little aside, but I just reassure them that this process is organized and they can just relax and say yes, no, and maybe, and we'll narrow down to the best ones, figure out what sizes they're going to enjoy year after year for the rest of their life. If they're saying, well, budget-wise, I, I don't know if I can afford everything I want, then I will say, you know, my policy is I can do a payment plan and sometimes people do half now and half when it's complete, or I can do a third and third, a third. And it does take me eight to 12 weeks for most orders. And when I say that a lot of times people, you can even hear them breathe out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can work with that. Or another response I have is, well, if we can figure out everything that you really want, you'll get your best value if they're all ordered today together. But if you come back, then whatever the price is that day 
it will be full price because it's another session. And I, well, anyway, I don't go into all those details. Oh, here's just that little uh, wrap up on the don't make assumption. Remember that if someone doesn't book us, it's easy to assume all kinds of things. It could be that we think we're too expensive or that we think our work is not good enough or some people think the environment is not perfect enough that in order to have a big sale and a lot of success, your world needs to be impeccable. And I'm here to tell you, it does not. Sure, I would love to have had a fancy, beautiful studio uh, with everything clutter-free and big wall portraits everywhere, but I've loved working out of my home. And so the conference room where I meet with clients and the studio, those are neat and workable and beautiful and functional, but in no way is my world always perfect. When I was renovating the outside, sometimes I had to walk up the steps on like boards because they were rebuilding the steps. So yeah, we don't have to have everything just a certain way. And we don't know always what an issue might be with somebody. Whew, that was a lot. I need to take a deep breath on all of that. And now on to number four, which is always do your best. And the subheading, your best will change from time to time. And as I was rereading that one and skimming, I realized a lot of what comes into play with this one for me personally has to do with not being a perfectionist. Uh, my first always do my best it made me think of, oh, I've always got to, you know, be on top of it and not procrastinate and be the best photographer and say things perfect every time. And then when I read, oh, but my best will change from time to time. Whew, and I got the chance to breathe out a little bit. Um, that self-judgment is what it's suggesting that we ease up on, in my opinion. There's a balance between being a person of action, a person that takes care of ourselves, keeps our energy up, chooses to be happy, and freeing ourselves from self-criticism. I have seen really great photographers who are working very hard to do all the great marketing things and learn the sales systems and all of that. And they're at the core unhappy people or people that are scared or glasses half full. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to make any assumptions about why people are the way they are. But what I know is that it's a choice to be positive and happy. Now it may take some work, but having that positive mental attitude is very attractive, both to potential clients, to money and to success. If you think about almost everybody that you might be mentoring with, seminars you've gone to, people in the business that are highly successful, they're pretty much positives because, and funny because when I was talking last time about 
the questions of being truthful, I felt a little anxious and awkward about sharing that. And right now, as I'm getting into that, I feel a little funny about that too. So I'm just going to lighten that. All of this is, is a lot. I've had to breathe, what, three times now um, about these topics. Anyway, just doing everything we can, doing the best we can to be positive, to be healthy, to think happy thoughts, to fill our minds with good books and positive music and surround ourselves with people that lift us up. So that's part of being our best and eating well and resting well. And one of the things I noticed during COVID is I had some times where I felt very unmotivated to do anything. And what hit me was that I was experiencing sensory deprivation. I wasn't getting out where there's birds chirping and wind blowing and laughing with people and seeing beauty. Yesterday, I went to Balboa Park in San Diego and the art museum has a show once a year called Art Alive. And florists are assigned a piece of art and they design a flower arrangement that expresses what they see and feel from that art. And so being in the park yesterday and around people, which is nice, and then seeing art and then flowers, I love flowers. That was a part of me doing my best for myself is to get out there and enjoy some life. And that gets creativity going. So I don't know if I'm sidetracked on this. I'm going to reel myself back here and talk about my dad. Uh, since it's Father's Day today, when I'm recording this, you know, he always deserves a mention. <laughs> uh, so my dad, every day before I went off to school, said D-Y-B, and it meant do your best. Now, being a recovering perfectionist, I actually thought he was saying I needed to be perfect. I wish I could have a conversation with my papa and discuss that. And I have a feeling he would agree with Don Miguel Ruiz that we need to give ourselves grace at times and just showing up, paying attention and trying every day is enough. The outcome is less important than the showing up. And I, this is a quote from myself when I was coaching um, a client of mine who we have a lot in common because we are people trying to learn how to ease up on ourselves. And like I, the recovering perfectionist in me, I've changed to, I want to be excellent. And that gives me a little space not to be perfect and FYI, I finally realized there's no such thing as perfect. So, and so this goes back to my dad, but also weaves in with the client. My parents, I took an IQ test when I was seven and they let me know that I tested really well. Back then there was no accelerated classes to put me in. And I took that to mean that I had an extreme amount of potential. And what that did to me is 
internally, I was super self-critical. So I was a victim of my own potential (laughs) and AKA I was hard on myself. And what I know now is there are certain subjects I'm never going to be great at math, chemistry, certain kinds of details like that don't come easy for me. The arts, language, creativity, A pluses and all that. But I would judge myself based on my lowest grades. Oh, and handwriting. I never did well in handwriting. (laughs) So anywho, so DYB is great. And at the same time, we're individual. So we all have our own capacities and skills. I'm not going to do great photographing, I don't know, computer parts. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's see what else is in here. Kind of digging for the gold. Uh, This was from Don Miguel Ruiz. If you try too hard to do more than your best. Okay. So this is about overdoing and kind of fits in with not being a victim of our own potential. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed. And in the end, your best will not be good enough. But if we don't judge ourselves, there's no way we're going to suffer from guilt, blame, and punishment. So always doing our best also includes and release ourselves from judgment. So number one, little note on this is to use it as a positive, as a life commitment. Focus on doing our best work every time. Be prepared, practice, be ready, be committed to excellence. Basically, don't phone it in. But at the same time, there are those photography sessions, we'll say, where either my energy's low, something has happened, I'm recovering from, uh, you know, a little virus, feeling pretty good, but still my energy's low. I may not be doing my absolute best work I could ever do, but I've learned how to be consistent no matter what. And sometimes I get those magic moments and sometimes I create images the clients love and there is nothing that I would, you know, put in a print competition. Uh, okay. Hope that all makes sense. Okay. Number two in doing our best is taking action because we love it and not for the reward. He says for us, that can mean deciding which career path to take. And to me, quitting one that isn't feeling good anymore. And I'll tell you about my wedding shift is a part of doing our best. Watching our energy and watching what draws us to it and doing more of that is a way to consistently be doing our best. So the wedding story is I was at the top of my game, 12 years in, one of the highest dollar photographers. And I had so many referrals and networks and I was like always booked every year, fully booked because I put a limit. I only would do three weddings a month to, to support my life and keep my energy. And it started to feel like Groundhog's Day, same day, different, different month. And it was pretty scary to think about changing careers to something else because I had built a great 
thing. I wasn't ready to train a photographer working under my name. I just was approaching the burnout. Now, some people just keep going anyway. And what I did is I began to shift my focus and my advertising, my paperwork, my website, everything towards children's photography, because that's what felt like that magnet for me. So is there something in your life right now you're doing that you don't love as much as you used to? And there's something that's calling you that you feel kind of scared of change. Well, change is always scary for most people, but sometimes the way to always do our best is to be doing those things that we absolutely love. Taking the risk. Okay, number three on the doing our best is to lighten up on ourselves. When I had that big aha years ago that perfection doesn't exist, but that I can always have a goal of excellence, I became lighter and less judgmental of myself. And I read this little thing. Um, this, it was a great little book where each page had a big aha. And one was about, it's okay to make mistakes. And even in school, if we make 20% mistakes on a test, we still get a B. And actually people who, instead of being A plus personalities are B plus personalities, generally are enjoying life more. So I created a commitment to being a B plus student to allowing myself to make my mistakes. I even let myself intentionally do a few things that did not fall in the being the perfect person just to loosen up. I, I snuck into a movie after I watched another one. And, you know, for me, that that's not something I do. Um, but being a little bit of a rebel in a few areas was actually good for me, lightened me up. So number, I think four, and maybe we've already, I've chewed this over enough, but he mentions not overdoing, not trying to do more than our best in spending energy in ways that will never be enough. So I think that's already been covered. But what I like is he says, this is a way out of guilt, blame, and self-punishment. And, you know, for some of you listening, you may not be hard on yourself. You may be like, la, 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 I'm always happy with myself. But for some of us, we can be um, our own worst enemy. So to me, this, this um, part of the agreement includes that lightening up. So I feel like I'm kind of chewing the same thing over and over again, but maybe you and I are both hearing it in a different way as I go. I know I am. It's not easy to be self-employed, but it's easy to be critical of ourselves and think we're not doing everything right. But honestly, this business is supposed to be fun and rewarding and a way to, to grow through. And I've said this a lot in this podcast, grow through those inner challenges in life. And I'm sure now you know more about me that one of my inner challenges has been 
self-criticism and it's still a challenge. I also have a challenge when I've been criticized. So the more I lean into things like these four agreements to remind me that we're all just doing our best all the time in life, everyone has the best positive intentions, but I don't know what they are. I am not walking in life and other people's experiences and bodies and brains. I'm in mind. And so keeping my side of the world as light and as honest and as clear as I can and not letting experiences fester, take me down. I've seen people in Facebook groups say, I'm devastated or I'm, you know, just big extreme words. And the reason is something that at this point in my career, after, as you know, 39 years and counting are things that happen all the time and will happen again. And they're all part of the journey of being an artist, a business person, an entrepreneur, and a human being. So thank you so much. I hope this has been valuable for you. Honestly, I've done my best. <laughs> and um, remember to join my private group, The Profitable Photographer. And there's a couple of little gifts if you go to Lucy Dumas Coaching uh, that you can log into and kind of get into my into my email and get some info on marketing and such. So that's it for today. Stay tuned for more good stuff. Got some really great interviews coming up. So be sure to subscribe so that you're in the know on that. All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful summer. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.